Last weekend throughout the Archdiocese of Cincinnati were the announcements of all the priest assignments with the beacons of light. And I'm guessing everybody here probably heard those different announcements that uh, and I think Father Jedediah preached a little bit last weekend about his own, his own path, which is just kind of a, an incredible thing about the Lord's, the Lord's work in our, in our midst. And that we'll have one of the, the new, seven newly ordained priests to serve as our parochial vicar starting the 1st of July. And then, of course, I get the, the great joy and honor to continue to serve as your, as your pastor, something I'm really, really excited about. And I, I told the Lord, you know, kind of last fall and kind of as all this was, was playing out that, well, whatever he asks of me, the moment it's asked, I'll say yes. Whatever it is, that that's kind of what it means to be at the disposal of the Lord, that wherever he asks, we'll go. And just to have that, that kind of freedom. However, I'd kind of like to stay, God. Um, that was always kind of the, the caveat, right? He says, ask, ask for what, whatever we want. And so I, so I did. And there are, I guess, a, a handful of reasons why I was really hoping and excited to stay. And the first is just as I look out and see all the fruit that the Lord's doing in our midst. And it's one of the incredible things to see the Holy Spirit at work, seeing people's lives being transformed by Jesus Christ, seeing people like grow in their faith and, and just the incredible generosity that exists. It's humbling to be part of that. It's exciting to get to witness that and to see that happen in, in so many different lives and so many people's hearts. It's just uh, a blessing to be part of that. So I'm excited to, to continue to see the good work that the Lord does in our midst. And then I guess coupled with that, you know, as you, you look out at, at any given Mass, there's, with every face that you see, there's stories that come to mind. There's maybe conversations that, that come to mind of difficult times, or maybe there's a baby that I got to baptize, or a wedding to witness, or somebody's relative to bury, that so many memories, so many stories, so many relationships and connections have come. Even, you know, people I've, I know I've had to apologize to, and all of, those, all of those sorts of things. And so it's just a blessing that those relationships get to continue, and one I'm just incredibly grateful for. And I know as this, this Beacons of Light process has kind of gone throughout the, the archdiocese, it's kind of interesting for ourselves. You know, we've kind of keep the same four parishes working it together as have been. The pastor gets to stay the same. And so maybe part of the, the I guess, gratitude is just like, maybe we'll, maybe we'll let this one will slide right by us. And there's probably a sense of that that's a bit true, but there's probably also part of it that'll, that won't. There'll be some things that'll change, some things that'll, that'll happen. And in my, my own kind of prayer life and, and discussion with friends, how do we make sense of this? Right? Like what, what's going on here and how do we just kind of put it in some sort of perspective, this whole process? And I apologize if, if you're at one of the Masses I had last weekend. I used the same analogy, kind of a similar homily, so feel free to zone out if you've already heard this. But, um, but it seemed important to kind of just put the context for what the entire Archdiocese is getting ready to, to go through here in these next couple years. And the best analogy I can think of is one of war, is one of a battle. And as a battle's happening, you know, and the, the kind of forces get thin. You realize we're taking on casualties. There doesn't seem to be like clear victory in sight and maybe even kind of the opposite. The army has a, a chance to figure out, well, what do we do next? You know, how do we respond to kind of the onslaught? And I know that might seem a bit dramatic, but there's, there's a bit of sense to it. And I think in our own way, we all have experienced, you know, a, a decrease in, in faith. 
And whether that means we have family members, we've got children or we've got um, relatives who no longer practice their faith. And I was talking to somebody recently and they found their confirmation photo from a decade or two ago and realized that maybe like three out of the 30 people that were confirmed still practice their faith. And even I was talking to a priest who dug around um, this past week, dug around with some of just statistics. And he said from 2000 to 2022, these past, this millennium, the church in the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, the mass attendance has dropped by 60%. I'm like, whoa, that's a lot of people. And then, and he even said, he said, but it just didn't start in the year 2000, right? It wasn't that, then everything changed. He said, uh, from, there was an article he read that from 1972 to 1973, 18%, the mass attendance dropped by 18% in that one year. It makes you wonder, what happened in 1972 that that so drastically died, so maybe that's why everything changed. I don't know. So I, I think we experienced this, right? This kind of thinning. And just as an army in battle has to figure out, well, what do we do? How do we respond? Because there can be this response from the army to say, we're holding right here. We're going to just keep doing what we're doing, and hopefully the tide will turn. And there's a chance that things get overrun, right? There's a chance that everything gets wiped out as things get so spread thin. And their other option is to pull back to pull the resources together, to perform a strategic retreat, to kind of gather resources to grow strength, to prepare for a counterattack, to pull things back so our forces don't get spread too thin, so that then we can prepare to, to come back again. And I really think that's what's happening throughout our entire archdiocese. We look out and we see numbers thinning, whether it's marriages, whether it's ordinations, or whatever it is, and to say, okay, what do we do? We retreat. We kind of gather our resources. And I think this gives a whole lot of hope to it because it's not just pulling back for the sake of pulling back. It's actually with a plan. It's actually with a purpose. And actually, in some ways, makes sense that this is how, this is how we kind of retract to prepare for growth. And who knows whenever that may be. That might be after I'm long dead, but, um, but that's okay. But our point is to kind of build what we have and to focus and concentrate our energy together. And that means building a united parish family. That means kind of coming together and figuring out how we can use our resources as best as possible. And that, of course, is a challenge. And that, of course, is, means change, which is never easy. So please don't think that, like, any, like, read between the lines that some sort of decisions about anything has really been made. I just, this is the context been praying about for the last few months, that there's this strategic retreat. But it takes a whole lot of prudence in that. It takes a whole lot of prudence as to, well, what parts, even in a battle, you know, we can hold here, but we have to pull back here, or maybe vice versa. And the same thing will go for us. Well, how quickly do we, you gather things together, right? In a battle, you don't want to retreat too quickly so that people can't, can't follow. And on the other hand, you don't want to hold on too long. So we'll let the Holy Spirit guide those decisions, right? We'll let the Holy Spirit kind of guide us and form us and, and mold us in that. And it will be a challenge. It'll be a challenge for all of us. And, but it's ultimately the Lord's process. And that challenge will involve loss, which is never pleasant, and which all of us experience sometimes in our parishes, but also in our own lives, whether it's the loss of a job, a loss of a friend, a loss of a parent, a loved one. 
And we have to figure out how do we deal with loss. And that's part of our, our lives just as human beings, is to figure out how we deal with loss. And I can tell just from my own experience in my own life that, you know, those losses and those challenges, those difficult moments, kind of present two options before us. On the one hand, there's a way that we can go that really kind of turns to bitterness and resentment. I've been down there. It's not pleasant, right? We can kind of get frustrated, we can get antagonistic, and we can get finger-pointing and, and grow embittered. And then there's another path, one of trust in the Lord, one of hope in God, that ultimately it's his plan for our lives, and even these losses help to mold us. They help to form us. They help us to grow and be transformed in Christ. And that's the path the Lord always presents to us in everything in our life, no matter what it is in our lives, there's always those paths that, that get presented before us. And even in the gospel presents an interesting take on this. The gospel today talks about forgiving our enemies and those who wrong us, those who hurt us, praying for them, doing good for them, asking God to bless them, which of course is not the natural reaction. And our natural reaction is to grind our teeth, is to become frustrated, is even to think the worst in, in our enemies and those that we, we disagree with. But the Lord presents another path, right? This path of mercy, this path of forgiveness. And when we accept that path, right, when we take that journey and we say, okay, Lord, I'm going to try to live as you're asking me to live, the end of the gospel is one of my favorite images that Jesus uses anywhere in the gospel. He says, and the grace of God will be poured into you. And then he uses this image of like a sack of flour. Will be filled up, packed down, shaken together, and then dumped into your lap. That's the grace of God. That he tries to shove as much as he can in, into us and then to just pour it forth, right? That image of sh patting it down, shaking it, overflowing, and then it's dumped into a lap. But then, of course, it is an image of wheat, right? It's an image of flour. Which anytime we hear bread, we hear flour in the gospel, we think the Eucharist. That the Eucharist is ultimately what's going to sustain us in this. And it's the Eucharist that the Lord always gives us to be with us. It's that food that we need for the struggle. The food for the journey that the Lord gives us, especially in those difficult times. Whether it's ones in the gospel where we've got people that are just frustrating the dickens out of us and we've got to figure out how we're going to be merciful towards them. Or it's even change in our own families, our loss in our parish life. The Lord gives us his body and blood to sustain us. He gives us this Eucharist to nourish us, to strengthen us on the journey. And so as we're as this whole archdiocese performing some sort of strategic retreat, we trust that the Lord will still give us the Eucharist. The Lord will still nourish us with his body and blood, will still sustain us with his mercy, and ultimately that gives us hope. Hope that the Lord is always in charge and the Lord will never abandon us, his beloved people.